Canada might balance its budget in 19 years, if the economic stars align, and the left is losing no sleep about it. My name's Jasmine Moulton, and it's time for a reality check. On today's show, we're going to be answering the question, what would happen if Canada just never balanced its budget again? And this question is really relevant right now because that actually seems like it's within the realm of possibility that Canada might just not balance its budget ever again. So why we're discussing this topic is because the Canadian Taxpayers Federation just put out a report based on data released by the Parliamentary Budget Officer. And the CTF's analysis shows that very likely the government won't balance its budget for at least 19 more years. This is historic, but it gets even worse. The government could balance its budget in 19 years if, as I mentioned earlier, the economic stars align, meaning that basically we have 19 years of straight up economic growth. We don't have any interest rate hikes. And third, yet least likely to happen, is that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau control his spending and not introduce any new spending. So if all three of those very unlikely things all happen consistently over the next 19 years, then maybe Canada could balance its budget. Not looking good. Balancing the budget isn't even that high a bar. It should be obvious that when you have debt, the goal is to pay down the principal, not to just make the minimum interest payments in perpetuity. Now, while this seems like common sense to most, apparently this principle is lost on the left. In her book, The Deficit Myth, Stephanie Kelton lays out the basic tenet for modern monetary theory, that deficits don't really matter. Countries that can print their own money can spend what they want without having to worry how to pay for it. And while Finance Minister Krisha Freeland insists she's, quote, not amongst those who think Canada should have a fling with modern monetary theory, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and swims like a duck, it's probably a duck. In fact, take a listen to this clip of our Finance Minister Chrystia Freeland conceding that the government really has no fiscal anchor and there is no limit to what they're going to spend. So I asked the Minister, what is Canada's new fiscal anchor? <laughs> the Honourable Deputy Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, let me tell you what our government's economic policy is right now. Our economic policy is to do what is necessary to fight COVID and to support Canadian workers while we're doing it. And let me just say, Mr. Speaker, our policy is working. And if that isn't bad enough, now the Canadian government's trying to convince Canadians that running 12-digit deficits is responsible and doubling the debt, no problem. Take a listen. So as a federal government, given the historically low interest rates and the low debt servicing costs that we have, and given our extremely strong fiscal position going in, we decided to take on that debt to prevent Canadians from having to do it. Mr. Speaker, as usual, the Conservatives aren't bothering to even acquaint themselves with the facts. Had they bothered to read the latest fiscal monitor, they would know that so far this fiscal year, the federal government is actually running a surplus of $6.3 billion. The IMF forecasts that Canada will have the lowest deficit in the G7 this year. We have the lowest debt to GDP ratio in the G7 this year, and our AAA credit rating was reaffirmed earlier this year. We believe in fiscal responsibility, and that's what we're doing. So on today's show, we're going to do what Reality Check does best, which is to go through the clips you just heard argument by argument and debunk them. 
Next, we've got a really special guest coming on the show, Franco Terrazano from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and he's got some pretty jaw-dropping facts that I think every taxpayer in Canada needs to hear. Then stick around because you won't want to miss our answer to this question. What will happen if Canada never balances its budget again? All right, so let's get started. Let's start off with the first argument that you can take from the clips we just heard from those leftists. Essentially, what it is is gaslighting. They're trying to convince Canadians that Canada's fine. Canada was in a really good fiscal position. So all of the spending that we're doing now is fine. We're fine. We're all good. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, couple of years, you should know that Canada's not really doing that great, financially speaking. Of course, if you consider the statements coming from the finance minister that we just listened to, you'd think everything was fine. For example, the finance minister even cites, look, Canada has a AAA credit rating. Sounds legit. The only problem is that there's more than one credit rating agency and Fitch, for example, actually downgraded Canada from its AAA to a AA back in July of 2021. And as their reason, they cited, quote, the deterioration of Canada's public finances in 2020, resulting from the coronavirus pandemic. So no, actually, Canada's credit rating faltered. Moving on. They also cite in those clips that Canada's debt to GDP ratio is the strongest in the G7. But as a Fraser Institute research bulletin points out, a lot of caution is required when you're comparing Canada's debt to GDP ratio to other countries. And here's why. Take a look at this chart that the government included in its 2021 fiscal update, which is hilariously titled, quote, a responsible fiscal plan. In this chart, which looks really responsible, they're actually comparing net debt. Now, I don't want to go too far into the weeds here, but Canada accounts for its pension assets differently than these other countries, which makes our net debt figure appear much smaller. So if you look instead of net debt, if you look at gross debt, which accounts for pension liabilities, that actually knocks Canada back into fourth place in the G7. And even worse, it knocks Canada into 25th place out of 29 countries total when gross debt is measured. But again, that's pretty far into the weeds. The main point here is that the debt to GDP ratio is not just some prescription to spend money. In fact, the prime minister always manages to draw the same conclusion, regardless whatever the debt to GDP ratio is signaling. In cases where it might be low, he says, wow, this is a really great time to spend. So he spends money. But in cases where a recession might throw it all out of whack and it goes really high, he says, well, we're in a recession, we need to spend money. So his conclusion is always the same, regardless of what the debt to GDP ratio is. He always just concludes Canada needs to spend money. Saving is never his answer and it should be. And this of course brings us nicely into the second argument the leftists often make, which is that we have historically low interest rates. So now is a great time to invest which of course means spend your money. Right off the bat, this is pretty dumb logic because if it's true that interest rates are at historic lows, then they only have one place to go, which is up. Predictably, this is what's happening right now. And parliamentary budget officer Yves Giroux recently testified before the Senate because his office predicts that debt charges will double in the next four years. Take a listen. Yes, that's something that will have a major impact on public finances at the federal level, but also at the provincial level. We've looked at the impact of increasing interest rates as well as the increase in the stock of debt. And we estimate that in the next four years, uh, interest payments will probably double compared to their level in 2021-22. They'll probably go from 23 billion, if my memory serves me well, to $46 billion. 
but we'll be providing an updated number when we release our economic and fiscal outlook, probably um, mid, uh, mid-October. So while that all sounds terrifying, and it should, because now we're going to spend more on interest, which by the way, goes to many wealthy foreign investors, we're going to be spending more on our interest payments than our military. Yes, it's scary, but it was pretty predictable that this was going to happen. When the left uses this argument that historically low interest rates mean it's a good time to spend, that's essentially like saying, I got great financing on a Porsche, I should buy it. The question should be, do I need this? not a statement, ah, a sale's on, I should buy now. And this brings us nicely to our guest for the show today, Franco Terrazano. Franco is the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And so far on today's show, we've discussed this leftist idea that the government can run deficits all the time in perpetuity without negative consequences. And inherent in that statement is an assumption that all of the spending that they're doing is productive or that they have to do it, that it's necessary. And Franco, we heard a lot of this through the pandemic, that all of the spending they were doing was necessary, that the government, quote unquote, had our backs. Is it true that they had to spend what they did through the pandemic? What the Fed should have done is prioritize spending to address the problem, not spend buckets of cash on everything. So since the beginning of COVID-19, nearly $200 billion in new spending that has been announced isn't for the pandemic or isn't a, a dealing with the pandemic. Now, when you have a leaky roof, you fix a leaky roof. I think Canadians understand that, but you don't go rack up credit card bills, buying a new flat screen, a couple ATVs, and maybe a brand new BMW. Uh, remember, I mean, the feds were spending all time highs even before the pandemic. So the government's politicians should have been able to find savings in other areas of the budget, but the government didn't do that. It spent money like crazy and now we're dealing with inflation that is nearly four decades high. But now governments are kind of pivoting their arguments saying, well, we have to fight off a pending recession. We have to spend money and frankly, turning off the tap, so to speak, before a recession would be bad economic policy. So Franco, how would you respond to that statement? And what would you suggest as an alternative to stimulate the economy? It's crazy spending for years, the massive debt and using the money printer to finance the government's deficits. uh, That's really making these tough times harder. That's creating the inflation and that it's making it more expensive for so many Canadians to afford gasoline or ground beef. Now, remember, the government doesn't create wealth. At best, the government redistributes money away from taxpayers and this government is taking way too much for tax from taxpayers. We've we saw during the pandemic the carbon tax go up three times. Payroll taxes have been hiked three times. And if all that drives you to drink, just remember that every time you go pick up that two four of Keith's or try to enjoy the bottle of Pinot with your better half, well, the federal government has raised taxes there too. So what should Ottawa do? Well, Ottawa should follow the lead of 51 other countries and cut taxes. So my last question for the moment is, Franco, when do you think the government could reasonably balance the budget? And how could they do that? What would they have to cut? Well, we found that the federal government could balance the budget within two years just by bringing in spending back to pre-pandemic highs, which were already all-time highs. So that means that before the pandemic in 2018, the Trudeau government was spending more money than the feds did during any single year 
of World War II. So with overspending like that, finding savings in every area of the federal budget should be like finding water in the ocean. But unfortunately, this government seems like it just wants to spend more money on everything forever. The parliamentary budget officer's own data shows that under the current trajectory of the government, we won't see a balanced budget until 2041. Now, two decades of deficits are bad enough, but it gets worse because the feds won't balance the budget if interest rates don't stay relatively low, if the economy doesn't experience steady growth every single year until 2041, and if politicians don't say no to new spending. And even if the feds eventually balance the budget in 2041, uh, taxpayers will still have to pay about $800 billion by then just to cover interest charges on the government credit card. So $800 billion in interest charges in total will be the cost once the budget is finally balanced in 2041 under the status quo. Now that's a cost of $18,000 for every Canadian, and that's hundreds of billions of dollars that can't be used to improve healthcare or to lower taxes because that money would have to go to the bond fund managers on Bay Street just to cover interest on the government's credit card. Now, for our audience, I have one more question that I'm gonna ask Franco. Essentially, what is the most egregious, craziest waste story coming out of government that you've ever heard of in terms of politicians spending taxpayer dollars on something really crazy? And his answer shocked me. I think that your jaws will drop too. In fact, here's a bit of a teaser. Here's a quick picture for our YouTube watchers of what you can expect, but you're gonna have to stick around to the end of the show to get the scoop on that. So don't go away, that's coming up soon. And now let's finally answer the question, what would happen if Canada never balanced this budget? Fortunately, a lot of the guesswork here is taken out of the equation because Canada did have a debt crisis in its pretty recent history. Back in the mid 90s, the Wall Street Journal actually referred to Canada as, quote, an honorary member of the third world. And this is because Canada's debts had soared. Our debt interest cost that we had to pay was really high at the time, mostly because not only did we have a lot of debt, but also interest rates were really high. So the proportion of your taxes that went into just paying off the debt interest got to be pretty well unmanageable. So the first thing that would happen if Canada's debt spiraled out of control because we refused to balance the budget would be a credit downgrade like we saw in the 1990s. Now, as I pointed out earlier on the show, Canada's already experienced one under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, but why should Canadians care about this? Canadians should care about potential credit downgrades for Canada because it's gonna make the debt that we have a lot more expensive. Because Canada will be seen as riskier, the cost of our interest will go up, meaning that of every dollar you pay in taxes, an increasingly large portion will go into paying off interest instead of paying for programs that you care about. So as an example, last year, if you look at the most recent federal budget, you can see that last year, about five cents of every dollar you paid in federal taxes went toward interest payments. So this did not go toward healthcare. This didn't go to any of your other federal government expenses except interest payments. This year, while it was five cents last year, this year it's 6.3 cents. So that's a pretty big leap. 6.3 cents of every dollar you pay in federal taxes now will go toward 
interest on our debt. And as you heard from the parliamentary budget officer earlier in the show, the cost of our debt, meaning the interest we pay on it, is expected to double in four years. And thirdly, what would happen if Canada never balanced the budget and it, if it just kept growing its debt would essentially, and this happened in the 90s, programs got slashed and taxes went up. So here's a reality check. Recent Canadian history has showed us that living beyond our means is going to be painful when it eventually catches up to us, and it will. And even though the government tells us that they're making investments, in reality, a lot of what they're spending is incredibly wasteful, and it must be stopped now, not in 19 years, in order to avoid this painful reckoning. But speaking of wasteful spending, I did promise some bonus content, so let's get back to this question that I posed to Franco, our guest on the show today. Franco, what is the most egregious form of waste that you've seen from any politician in Canada? The craziest story of spending that I've covered in my time with the CTF is that the government spent $8,000 on a sex toy show in Germany. Now, Jasmine, uh, maybe I'm a little old fashioned, but if the Germans want to fund a sex toy show, well, maybe they can spend their own money doing it and not rely on money coming from Canadian taxpayers. So these were the winners for the best of the worst in government waste. Uh, I think it's pretty clear who the losers are in these scenarios. And that, of course, is the taxpayer. Now, you know, this can uh, be pretty funny stuff to make fun of. But remember, Canadians are paying way too much tax because the government's politicians are wasting way too much money. <laughs> so this is so ridiculous. I couldn't help but do a little bit of quick math. And what I found out is that if you earned about $72,000 a year, your entire federal tax bill that you paid on your income taxes would have gone to cover this sex toy exhibit in Germany. Or if you don't earn 72,000 a year, if you take 10 people in Canada who earn 23,000 a year and you take all the federal tax that they would have paid on their income tax, all of that money would have been used to pay for this sex toy exhibit in Germany. This is insanity. And it makes you question, why do I pay such high taxes if this is what the government's spending it on? I digress. Aren't you glad you stuck around? Thanks so much for tuning into the show this week. My name's Jasmine Moulton. This has been Reality Check and tune in now every Monday to catch the next episode.